You're listening to Real Women Courageous Wisdom, hosted by Women for One truth teller, my friend and author, Kara Bradley. Real Women Courageous Wisdom is a podcast series featuring Women for One truth tellers, everyday women and kindred spirits passionate about sharing their journeys and inspiring others. Hey everyone, Kara Bradley here for another fantastic episode of Real Women Courageous Wisdom. I get the honor every week of speaking to women out there who have lived life to their fullest degrees and have great wisdom to share with us all. And today I'm honored to be talking to Valerie Smaldone. In fact, uh, Valerie teaches a class on the art of interviewing, and when I was reading that, I was like, oh gosh, I'm really up for a challenge here. So uh, I'm a little bit nervous, I have to tell you all. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Valerie. She is a professional MC host, an expert interviewer. She's an instructor at the School of Visual Arts in New York City and a five-time Billboard Magazine Award winner. And as she's going to tell us in a little bit, she is on a commercial right now for Cat Litter. So welcome, Valerie. Thank you (laughs) for being here. My pleasure, Kara. It's so nice to, it's weird for me to be on the other side of the interview because I'm usually doing what you're doing. So uh, who knows what will happen? I know. And this is so funny for all of you listening. You know, Valerie interviewed me a few months ago for my book on the verge. And so we're just kind of swapping sides right now. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's fun to, it's just conversation, right? Wouldn't you say? It is, is exactly right. That's, that's what I tell everybody. I work with my students. It's just a great conversation. Mm. Take away the idea of an, a, you know, formal interview. It's a great conversation. Yeah. Well, that's great. And that's really what women for one is all about is, is truth telling, right? It's just, we're out there talking about our stories and sharing ourselves, maybe in a way that we don't often share with our friends. We're sharing ourselves out there on Women for One. So, um, so Valerie, I'm really curious, how did you get into the world of broadcasting? It's really simple. I literally, at the age of 17, walked into the radio station at my college, which was Fordham University, and they had a 50,000-watt radio station on campus. And I literally walked into the radio station and I said, "Um, how does this work? And so what happened was I was trained by other students, upperclassmen, who had more experience, and they would take the freshmen, the young people coming in, put them in an announcer workshop, and that's how it began. And I worked every day, really, for four years at that radio station while I was doing my schoolwork. And I got a job because somebody heard me on the air in a local, and this was New York City, a local uh, suburban radio station. Somebody was driving, they heard me, and they were interested in picking me up. And that's how it started. Wow, that's fantastic. And you have got, I mean, I'm sure you hear it, such a fantastic radio voice. I mean, you're so soothing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't I don't want to put people to sleep, though. So <laughs> I, I want to keep it upbeat and, and exciting. Well, let me ask you, are you a native New Yorker? 
I am indeed. I am a native New Yorker, born, raised, educated in the Bronx, and still love the Bronx, still go back and do all kinds of things for them. Uh, but yes, I, I live here, and I've never lived anywhere else. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, I, I ask you that because of your accent. Of course, you don't have an accent. I'm from Brooklyn, you know, so I, I find sometimes my Brooklyn accent, it comes through, you know, at certain times. <laughs> Absolutely. It can happen. And I embrace it because that's who we are, Kara. And I always say, if you're, if you're from the Bronx or Brooklyn, you're, you're a good girl. Yeah. Just, it just, it comes with the territory. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on, right on. So, so let me ask you a question. Um, how can I, we slash we tell our stories? Cause I know this is something that you, you support people on and telling their stories. How can I tell my story, say it, I'm, I'm at a cocktail party. I'm going to bring it right down to the level of, you know, every single one listening can, can understand this. You know, we're, we're at a cocktail party and someone says, hey, where are you from? What do you do? How do I not be awkward in, in talking about myself? That is an interesting question. And in the class that I teach at School of Visual Arts, The Art of the Interview, I have people do an exercise just like that, I have I pair off people into teams A and B, and I have person A interview person B and vice versa and see what they're most comfortable doing in explaining their truth, their story, uh, perhaps something that is the most interesting piece about them that somebody else would find uh, unusual. And it is an interesting exercise because I don't like to tell my story, to be honest with you. I really like to hear. I'm more curious about other people's stories and extracting that which propels them forward. We all are struggling in some way, shape, or form in this crazy thing we call life. And yet there is this innate desire to keep going. And I always say, you know, we as human beings know we have an end date. We know we're going to expire. And maybe that knowledge is good because it forces us to live a fuller life, to be cognizant of time, and to find that thing within us, that fire that wants to keep going. Whether you are uh, a stay-at-home mom and you love to garden or you love to learn another language or you are a musician or you enjoy business, it keeps you going. So when we're at an opportunity to speak about who we are, you're not going to give all of that information out all at once because it's a little bit overwhelming. But I think revealing little pieces of you, the truth that you are, the authentic you, makes you for A, an interesting person, but B, memorable. Mm. And when we're out, out and about... When, whether it's for business networking or it's for uh, just being at a, a function where you'd like to learn to meet other people, we gravitate toward people who are interesting and that inspire us. So I think that if you can go deep inside and find that little piece of information about you that is interesting, unique, and that propels you forward, it will inspire and engage other people at the same time as making it for an interesting conversation. Oh, that's great. That's really, that's great advice. It's so simple. And, and it's so true that I, when I meet somebody, I ask so many questions. I want to hear, you know, my question is always, what makes you feel bright? 
right? That's the question I ask people because I don't really want to hear about all the other stuff that, you know, we all talk about where we live, what we do, how many kids, the whole thing, but like what turns you on? And Mm -hmm. so that's what you're saying is to kind of know what turns you on and then, and then speak from there, because I think that's what lights us up, right? That's when we're just truly bright people. Yeah. And I think also, and I'll tell you why, Kara, this is very important to me, because we all identify in general with what we do, what our professions are, you know, the titles we have. And if you don't have that, or it has ended, you feel like you don't belong. And I experienced that myself. And there were there was a period of time when I left this radio station that I had worked at for 24 years, where I won all these awards and I was number one in the United States and people knew who I was. And then I I was embarrassed to go out. And I said, I have nothing to say. Nobody's going to want to know anything about me any longer. And it was a dark time. And I had to struggle past that to say, well, am I defining myself by what I do? And I would never judge somebody else if they weren't in a, quote, job or in a career at that moment. People have so much more to offer. And I've met women who say, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, oh, don't say that. Don't say I'm just a stay-at-home mom. You're running a household. You're raising children. You're you're inspiring individuals. You're doing so much. And I don't ever want anybody to be feel like they're less than somebody else with a title. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's really important because specifically in this country, we define ourselves by that career, by that title, by that job. And it's, it's very damaging. Mm. Oh, that's well said. Well said. And, and, and I take that to heart because as a yoga teacher, I see people every day, they come in, they come onto their mats. I have no idea who they are. And I love it. I love the fact that I don't know what kind of car they drove in with. I don't know whether they're working or they are staying at home with their children um, working out of the house, <clears throat> you know, they're writers, artists, I don't know, but I get the opportunity to treat them all like beautiful beings. And mm-hmm. so I, I love that because we don't have the exchange, the, the verbal exchange, we just have the energetic exchange. So I've learned that, boy, everybody in their matters. And I'm so with you, the labels can be destructive. So um, if we could, when when putting ourselves out there in the world, whether it's in an interview like this or at a PTA meeting, you know, it's putting yourself out there in, in your brightest self, in, in all the things that you carry and that make you feel whole. Um, yeah, it makes for a more interesting person, doesn't it? Yeah. Without a doubt. And uh, it's, it's a practice, Kara, because oftentimes we are steeped in these negative feelings and we're always beating ourselves up. I, Everybody does this. And to break that habit, you have to be aware of it, first of all. And if you feel that you are going through this dark place, you have to find a way out of it. And we can talk about that another time because I really experienced this. And uh, it's, it's something I'm passionate about to not be stuck. You can feel sorry for yourself for a little while. It's okay. But getting getting the motion and the movement to get out of it. I have some tips to do that because I experienced it. And it, um, it, it was a very rewarding time, even though it was a dark time. I learned a lot. Mm. Well, tell us. I'm dying to know. Do we have a moment to talk Absolutely. about that? Okay. 
All right. So uh, here I was, this celebrated broadcaster, and I was starting from scratch again. The world had changed. The economy had changed. It was when the recession was going down and nobody wanted to hire somebody that was a high-priced broadcaster at that time. And I just wanted to work. I wanted to do something meaningful. And I picked up a position, quote, <laughs> at a radio station where I did a digital program on their uh, website. And I did it every day. And I took one day where I was coming home on the subway and it was hot and it was Friday and I just started crying in the subway. And I said, this is what happened to my life. I'm not making any money. I'm just doing this show day after day. What for? What am I doing? And I decided to do something active after I took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> And what I decided to do was make three phone calls. And if I write my book, the chapter will be called Three Phone Calls. Yeah. I called three people who had never returned my call. I said, what's the worst that can happen? You know, they say, go away, leave me alone. I feel so bad as it is, it can't be worse. So I made the three phone calls to people where normally we hide behind email. I, made, I picked up the phone and I called them. And each person I spoke to gave me a positive response. Oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. I've been so busy. I'm glad to hear from you. Or let me uh, catch up with you next week, Valerie, because right now is not a good time. But nobody rejected me. Nobody rejected me. And by that action of just being active and doing something proactive and knowing that the outcome may not be positive, I didn't have any disappointment. It actually surprised me. So my three phone calls kind of got me out of that funk because I did something active and I was never bothering anybody. It was all in my head. It was my own self-doubt that was destroying that day for me. And I felt so much better after those three phone calls. Oh, wonderful. Yes, just putting it into action. I often call, call it planting seeds. Right. Because mm -hmm. we don't we, we may never know that seed may never sprout. But but the act of planting the seed and like you said, taking action has, <clears throat> excuse me, has energy behind it. It, it yes. propels us in some way. Absolutely. And, you know, I always agree that and I'm sure you do, too, as a yoga instructor, that movement Getting your body moving, getting blood flowing, getting oxygen to your brain will also shift uh, a down or negative experience. So that is part of it as well. You know, just going to sleep is, is not a great idea. I, I did it for a little while. I just went home and took a nap. And then I said, enough. I can't take this anymore. I am boring myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. When we can get so fed up and frustrated with ourselves in, in that way, not in the real uh, beat yourself up, but like, oh my gosh, I've just had enough of this. I think that's precisely what, right. We just finally get over it and get on with it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the tips that I like to, when I do my speaking engagements, the book that I'm planning to write, you know, I have other actionable tips to get yourself out of a funk and to move forward and to plan for it and to train for it. I call it training like you're an athlete. Mm. If you're preparing to go and this in keeping with your great question about how do you present yourself at an event when you're a lot of people have social anxiety going to some kind of an event or a fundraiser or whatever, you know, whatever it might, might be walking into a room where you don't know people. How do you prepare for that? And I think of it as well, 
I don't know anybody when I'm walking in here. How is that going to make me feel? A little bit uncomfortable. Am I going to be against the wall, a wallflower, not speaking to anybody? What I choose to do is find somebody else that looks like me <laughs> who may be uncomfortable. And I will go up to that person, kind of sidle up with my little drink and my little food and say, if it's a man who's wearing a tie, hopefully, hey, great tie. You know, where'd you get that tie? Or what's that pattern on your tie? Or something silly like that. And we start a conversation. With women, it's generally shoes or a handbag or something along that accessory line where you can have common ground and you begin to build that connection, that emotional bridge with another human being. Uh, it makes the experience far richer when you're going to some place where you don't know anybody. And also you're helping somebody else out because they're in the same boat as you are. We forget that other people have the same internal struggles. They may look happy. They may look together. They may look wonderful, but we don't really know what's going on inside. And so getting past our own issues is very helpful for you and for that other person as well. Mm, yes, it's so simple. Again, your advice is so simple and so doable in so many situations. So thank you. Thank you for that. I'm wondering what because you've been in the broadcasting world for so long, what are some of the more memorable interviews and not necessarily who, but how you were maybe at your most vulnerable or you were able to really connect at a deep, deep place. Do you remember or could you share with us uh, any of those moments that are really stand out in your career? I have a lot. Um, and as you're asking the question, so many are flipping through my brain. But the one that comes to the forefront all the time is one that was not on uh, in media, it was actually for a specific client. It was for the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And it was a closed circuit interview for the people in the hall that were there. And also it was being broadcast within other banks, Federal Reserve Banks. So it was for a very specific reason. And I was interviewing Greg Luganis. And Greg had come out with a book. He was very popular. He had been on a reality show. This was a couple of years ago. And he had come out. He was talking about his partner. He was talking about being gay for a while. This had been going on. And he owned it so happily. You know, he really was comfortable with it, within his own skin. This amazing athlete who had a troubled time growing up. And as we ended the conversation, and it was a really heartfelt discussion. It was funny, but it was also very heartfelt. The last question I asked him, I had no idea what I was about to hear because it blew me away. And I said, Greg, you know, you had such struggles growing up. He had learning disabilities. He, he felt very separate from other kids. What would you say to that young boy, that, that teenager, that 14 year old now, knowing what you know? And I thought he was going to have some interesting thing to say. Well, he goes into his pocket and he pulls out a letter he had written to himself as an adult. I had no idea that that was there. We didn't discuss this in advance. So as he unfolds it and he reads it, I'm 
just about to lose my mind. And we had people in the audience crying. And it was like that moment was so real and so human and so important. And I had no way of knowing that that was going to be the outcome. I love that one. <laughs> I have the chills. Like not only my arms, my entire body, <laughs> because you know, you know, when you've gotten to that that prime level of connection with another human being because, you know, we have these things called mirror neurons, right, where we really feel each other. And I think that when we're, when we're both at, in that place, there's so much electricity running through us. And this isn't like new age woo-woo type of stuff. This is like real energy, you know. We could prove this stuff. We could see this stuff on electromagnetic devices. But there's such connection that everybody around this conversation, like you said, we're lit, we're lit, we're mm-hmm. feeling the, the the energy of that truth telling, right? Exactly. It was a beautiful moment. And, and again, it wasn't on broadcast media, it was for a group of people. And it was so enormously real and wonderful that 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 stands out in my mind so, so much. Mm. What a gift really a gift for everybody. It is such a gift to have those prime experiences with with other human beings. Really beautiful. Well, before we end, I'd love to hear about your current um, commercial that's on TV. Ah. Can you tell us? (laughs) Yeah. So in the voiceover field, I think the jackpot is when you get a national commercial and it's very, very difficult to get that thing. Uh, This was a long period of time coming. I had a bunch of auditions and I finally got the job of this particular voiceover and I'm not on camera, but Maybe you've seen it. It's a commercial for Tidy Cat's cat litter. Very important if you have a cat. And it's called, the the, the tagline is Stank Face. And a woman with her two children walk into a house and she makes this very funny face where she's smelling this horrible cat litter. And it's for Tidy Cat's cat litter. So it's nationally running now. And I laugh every time I see it. It's it's <laughs> It was a very nice thing to to have happen to me this year. So I appreciate it. And maybe you'll catch it. Oh, yeah. Isn't that wonderful when all of the hard work, it just it just comes into place every once in a while. And it's like that. It's kind of that. Um, I feel it's like the universe showing you it's pom poms. It's like, yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great, Kara. I don't know. I just pulled that one out. Well, Valerie, this has been so much fun and we could talk for a long time. But I'd love for you to share your websites for those that are interested because you've got a vast number of skills and offerings for people that we didn't even touch upon. So um, could you um, tell us where we could find you? Sure. The The latest website is really my business site where I do coaching and I create branded entertainment podcasts and, and like that. It's vsmediaww.com. And then my older website, which is the radio and broadcasting and voiceover is just valeriesmuldone.com. And uh, I'm a, you can find me anywhere. It's just easy. It's easy. Wonderful. Well, Valerie, this has been fun flipping sides with you. Thank you. <laughs> I was a Thank little you. nervous, but you, you really made me feel very calm. So I appreciate that. You were great. You were terrific and continued success to you, Kara. Well, thank you. And thank you all for listening. And we will catch up next time. Thank you for listening to Women for One's podcast series, Real Women, Courageous Wisdom. If you like what you just heard, 
we hope you will subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave a review. If you're interested in becoming a Women for One truth teller, visit womenforone.com to learn more. For more information about our host, Kara Bradley, visit her site, karabradley.net. Join us next time for another enlightening conversation with powerful everyday women.